Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus. I'm a writer from Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the boss man over at Windy City Gridiron, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. The Bears are two and two with a big victory in Justin Fields' first home start. How are you feeling about that, Lester? That's exactly the kind of Justin Fields that we wanted to see against the Browns. I mean, yes, the Browns are a much better defense. But that's more of the kind of game plan we expected, more run heavy, a a little bit more play action, move the pocket a little bit. You know, don't let him be a sitting duck for for Miles Garrett and Clowney. That was what we wanted to see. We wanted to see some flashes, some excitement. And like I said, like I said last week, even if the Bears would have lost against the Lions, and if we would have saw some Justin Fields excitement, I'd be happy. But we got to win. We got exciting Justin Fields. I'm happy as a Bears fan. Yeah, I think that we've talked about this a lot in terms of what this year is all about, and it's really all about Justin Fields. It's not necessarily about record, but wins are nice because you're not hoping for losses in a season where you're trying to get a high draft pick. You've already got the quarterback, and you don't have the first-round draft pick because you used it to go get the quarterback last year. So there's no point in in, in rooting for that. You're rooting for wins like normal, but uh, it's, uh, it's all about Justin Fields, and the wins are just icing on the cake. But yeah. I was at this game. You were. I was going to ask you, was it fun? It was a lot of fun. We had a blast. Uh, we happened to stay at the Players Hotel. It was totally by accident. I saw those Lambos. On, on yeah, Twitter. the Lamborghinis were were pretty impressive. Uh, we you know we pulled up behind David Montgomery, so everybody's got masks on. There's mask mandate in Chicago, and uh, play you know guy gets out. He's got a mask on. He's he's driving like a Mercedes, and I was like, I I think that's David Montgomery. I can't tell because I can't really see his face, but I I think that's David Montgomery. And then he like grabbed a bag and he threw it over his shoulder, and there was this little. Uh, luggage tag and it's at number 32 i was like oh okay yeah it's david montgomery nice and we saw we saw jason peters who is as big as a mountain yeah uh, we saw lachavia simmons who's a big dude uh danny trevathan was on the elevator with us uh we walked out with andy dalton who's uh you know looks the part so it was pretty cool the the, uh, the game itself was was really neat we sat in a good good crowd <laughs> you know there's always a couple people that are opinionated with incorrect opinions, but that's okay. That's all, it's all part of the experience. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite part of attending a game live versus watching it on TV? You know, I'm not a huge, I, I would always rather just stay at home and watch it, but every now and again, I do, I do have a chance to go to games and, and, you know, like it's just the atmosphere. It's, it's cool. And, you know, it's just kind of neat. And, and, you know, I'm a big food guy as well. So like, you know, I like to try out the, 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 the snacks and and the hot dogs, whatever it is there. Like, like I was in the last live game I went to was in Lambo and that was uh, uh, like four years ago. So it was like, uh, it was the game that led to Mr. Trubisky eventually starting that huge blowout. The bears had with uh, Mike Lennon rough, rough game, but, but their food was outstanding. So let's for me, you know, if, if I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to do it up, get some nice, uh, some nice tasty treats. 
Well, I'm writing the 10 Thoughts article this week is just going to be about my experience going nice. to Soldier Field. So it's all about the Bears. It's all about the Justin Fields experience. It's all about the start of the Justin Fields era. But one of the things that I was trying to articulate in the article was that one of my favorite things about seeing a game live is actually the sounds. I think that, you know, a lot of people say, well, you can see different things. And that's absolutely true. It's also the viewing experience on TV in general is usually better than it is that you can get into a ballpark. Maybe if you're at the 50 yard line or something like that, I really like the end zone view because on a lot of plays, you get a, a really unique view of the play as it develops, but it's the sounds. There's just little nuances that I find fascinating. Like, I can't see a fumble happen 80 yards away from me, but the people that are really close can. And so there'll be this crescendo yeah, of sound yeah. that rises. And, and it's more of the organic stuff. I've been to a few Vikings games, Bears Vikings, and then just Vikings games in general, because uh, it's a lot closer for me to be able to get there. And they pump in all this artificial sound and they try to pump up the crowd with, you know, Viking horns and stuff like that. And it, none of it feels very organic there. Whereas all the noise, the Bears fans don't need encouragement to make noise. They really kind of need instruction to quiet down when the offense is trying to operate. <laughs> but they don't really need instruction to make a lot of noise. And so it's cool to see that sort of organic flow of sound sort of wash over a stadium. That's something you really can't replicate at home. It's going to be nice when they have the new stadium in uh, in the suburbs where it's like you know 80,000 people going nuts. That's going to be nice. A lot of people had a lot of opinions about that, but we maybe <laughs> save bet. that for a different time. But yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's start with as we do every week, and let's talk about our trench tribute. You want to go first on these categories this week? Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, for me, I'm I'm going to go with the collective. I'm not sure if that's allowed, but it's you know it's 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 our our category, our rules. Uh, I'm going to go the whole offensive line: uh, Jermaine Fetty, James Daniels, Sam Mustfer, uh, Cody Whitehead, Jason Peters. I had a chance to, to to watch the game again, and they were moving people. You know, you could tell that. They went to the coaching staff and said, look, let's run the ball. Let us pound the snot out of the Lions, and let's just establish a run game early. And that's what happened here. Uh, there were 36 called runs, 179 yards, 4.97 yards per carry just from the called runs, that, you know, uh, not the scrambler or the two kneel, uh, uh, two kneel downs from field. So the Bears O-line, I'm giving all, all five of those guys. Those are my trend tribute this week. Yeah, when I rewatched the game, I noticed there's a lot of emotion coming out of those guys. Obviously, they got beat up. They did not. I mean, their pride was obviously hurt in they terms of just how. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they came out and they responded exactly how you wanted them to. There was one play I saw. Jermaine Effetti was incredibly excited um, after a big run. And, and that's what you like to see is you like to see those guys getting into the run blocking, getting excited and getting the, you know, getting the juices flowing. So um, I kind of wonder, I have that a little later to talk about the O-line, but I, I, I wanted to make sure we talked about Travis Gibson. Uh, he kept popping up on the board. He was making plays and they kept popping him up on the board. And, and so this is a nice development player out of him and he was credited with three quarterback hurries four total pressures he had a sack he had a forced fumble and he played on 16 pass rushing snaps he got yeah. all that in that amount of time that's incredible development out of a guy like that he's he's still young he's still learning but he's able to contribute in limited time and when mac went out and missed plays it was nice to be able to get get a guy like that to come in and give you some juice he really flashed in a preseason and then he kind of had a slow start. He was actually inactive, I think, against the Bengals, which is kind of weird to me. But I guess it just had something to do with the game plan and the scheme, what they wanted to do on defense. They didn't need an extra guy at, at that spot. But but I think now he's to the point where he's going to play every week. His snaps should increase every week. I think he is going to take over that OLB three spot at some point, if he hasn't already. 
Yeah, and that's only good for the other two guys because they get more reps on the sidelines so that they're fresher when they're in there. You don't need a guy like Clomac to play 95, 100% of the snaps. No. You want him to be fresh. You want him to be um, as explosive as possible. So you don't need him to be playing every snap. So that's only for the better of those guys, Robert Quinn, ex- additionally as well. Why don't we move on to to the sweet tweets, tweet of the week. What did you have that you picked out of the thousands of Bears tweets that were coming out in this game? So, so when the game ended, I tweeted out, speaking of Travis Gibson, I, tweet, I tweeted out the the outside linebacker stats from those three guys, Gibson, Mack, and and, uh, and Quinn. So uh, at Bears Mexi, Bears in Espanol, uh, tweeted, Sean de Saesta poniero a sus jugadores en posición para éxito. Si sigue así el front seven, podríamos ser casi imparables. All right. Is I caught there? half of those words. All right. I had to use Google Translate. I, I knew some of it, but Sean decides putting his players in position for success. If the front seven continues like this, we could be almost unstoppable. And I'm not sure about the unstoppable part, but I got to give credit. Sean Desai has got some unique blitz packages. He has had some really, uh, really neat ways to get guys free. And he is the guy that I thought he would be going into this season. He, he had a rough start against the Rams, but of course the Rams are just a juggernaut on offense. But his defense has settled in. They played really good, and the Bears may, may have one of the better defenses in the league this year. Yeah, that front seven is where that strength of that defense is. And so if they're going to be competitive, if they're going to be good, that's where it's going to come from. The Bears have 15 sacks. Wow, shoot, I just I just blew my own stat of the week. So let me do my sweet tweet here. Uh, so Adam Hogue, uh, who's at Adam Hogue, which is spelled H-O-G-E, he says, Matt Nagy once again reiterated that Andy Dalton is still the starter when healthy. He also praised Justin Fields for for his big plays downfield and emphasized the need for more of those. My advice, react less to what Matt Nagy says on Monday and more to who actually plays on Sunday. Yes. That's what we've been saying. We agree that actions are way stronger than words that with this with this leadership team. You just don't listen to Matt Nagy, don't listen to Ryan Pace and and you'll, you'll be for the better. Matt Nagy's not doing himself a lot of favors. <laughs> With a lot of these comments, and, and and I can tell you that the sense of the fans around me is that they think he's a clown right now. They think he's a bozo. Oh yeah, and he's really not helping himself with comments like that, and comments like the "Well, it all flows through me." Bill did a good job, but it really I'm the final person to make those decisions. Like, so I wanted to have a Matt Nagy like press conference soundbite conversation right now because he's he's not handling this well i was very critical of him last week uh when, when he came out and would not say who the play caller was i was i was i sent off some some very mean-spirited tweets about the whole situation i just wasn't happy i just think from it from it just shows his ego that he wasn't willing to just you know put the praise on his guy i mean if, if that's your guy you know he's part of your staff let's put all the shine on him hey this is bill Lazor's offense now and he didn't want to do it. And then and then even when he finally begrudgingly admitted, yeah, Bill called the plays, it took him a while, he still made sure he prefaced it with, you know, it still comes through me. I guess that could be maybe he's trying to shield his guy in case something happens. Maybe he's trying to do that. But but like I said, the, the track record of Nagy hasn't shown that that's kind of the way his ego works. So I hope that's the case. But, you know – with Matt Nagy right now, I mean, it's just like I said, he he's got the clown rep. The McDonald's commercial did not do him any favors. Oh my! Oh my goodness! 
Yeah, for those of you who don't know, he got a little endorsement deal with McDonald's, and he's talked about, you know, I mean, it's, you know, for what it is, it's great, right? You know, yeah. great benefits, you know, come work here. This is great. I'm, I'm here to help make this great team better. But it really is easy for people like me to then say, hey, you got to pick one career and, you know, you've already tapped out of this career that you're currently in. Why don't you go over here where there's yeah. opportunities for growth? <laughs> he had to know when he agreed to that commercial that if things went bad, that would be like the meme and he would be like the, you know, that would he, that's his thing now. So, you know, for his sake, hopefully things turn around because like I've said all along, I think he is a good head coach to a point, but like I said, the Eagle thing is starting to get a little, a little out of control. I would like to see him just realize, hey, I'm just not a good play caller. I, I'm never going to be a good play caller. Let me just step away forever. And this is Bill Lazor's show. I'm going to just do the head coach thing. And, and just think, if he would have done that the last few years, we may be looking at one of the most successful head coaches in the history of the, of the franchise, you know, within the last 20, 30 years, because he he knows how to how to lead the players. Right. But what's happening now is we're starting to see some cracks in it because of the ego. You're right. That we talk about him being a good leadership coach and maybe yeah. not what he brings in terms of offensive play calling, which is like a McVay or a Chanahan or something like that. You don't necessarily care that they don't maybe have that level of leadership that they're bringing because they, they're these offensive geniuses. But he's clearly not being a good leader of the entire team. Maybe he's got players that will back him up, but he's not being a good leader in terms of what his coaching staff is. He's been quick to throw those guys under the bus in the past. That's not good. Like, and so this idea that Matt Nagy is a good leadership coach, I'm not sure that that's really completely true. I think yeah. there are other guys that you you could say do a better job of that. And if you know, it goes back to that you know office space meme of like, what would you say you do here, right? And yeah. and that's what we have to start asking about Matt Nagy if he really isn't going to bring a lot of energy or uh, you know help in the offensive play calling. And he's actually probably not that great of a leader. Then it's then I think the writing's on the wall. But before we jump into stats, I want to bring in producer extraordinaire Robert Schmitz because he had a <laughs> nice. sweet tweet that he wanted to share. So why don't you hop on screen here and share your tweet with the with the audience? Oh, you bet. I think it's awesome. So Justin Fields, obviously, he throws for 209 yards, and I swear most of that came off of like five throws because he was just chucking the ball downfield yeah. off of 17 attempts. So you know, super efficient S to the point where Taylor Gabriel, that's at TG dad on one uh, tweets at the Chicago Bears. Please let that man start the rest of the year. Are we seeing these throws downfield loud made me want to put my cleats on. So just not to interrupt the flow of the podcast too much, but Justin Fields was so, uh, let's say, electric on Sunday that he made former players wish he had been there all along, which I feel like that's the strongest statement as you can make. If the former players are that excited about what they're seeing, imagine what the current players believe. So Mooney the, loves it. Mooney loves it. Yeah. Hey, Rob really, loves it. Mooney says His something like, doesn't. we locked eyes and I knew he was like throwing the ball to me. That's what Mooney yeah. said. And I'm like, Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's just I don't know what's happening here. So to me, the toothpaste is out of the tube. Like this, this is happening. Like if and in Matt Nagy keep talking about putting Andy Dalton back in, I just don't see it. I just don't see how he's gonna he's gonna make that happen. This is uh, this is Justin Fields' team right now. Yeah, I, I think I think that this week will be Fields because I think the knee may not be quite there yet. 
And then I think the following week, thanks, Robert. Look at Robert just jumps out like a producer. <laughs> so, but then I think the following week, they may go back to Dalton because by that point, the bone bruise should be 100%. You know, I, I'm not entirely happy with it. I don't think that's the best way to go. But, you know, they want to have give Dalton every chance, uh, you know, to keep things going. But I think if Fields has a great game in Vegas, I think and you have to have the conversation that, you know, we got to keep this guy in here. He just he won the job. But but there are some rookie mistakes, though, they're trying to work through. But so I can see both as a fan, I want to see the the rookie out there. Yeah, that's all I want to see. All right, let's move into the stats. So uh, what did you have for caught up in the numbers game, your stat of the week? You know, why don't you go first since you already kind of spoiled already blew your it. Yeah, so um, I, my stat of the week is 15. So that's the number of sacks that the defense has racked up over the first four games. That leads the league. So the Bears only had 35 in total in all of last year, which is about middle of the pack. Uh, Quinn's looked great. He's ex- obviously what Ryan Pace thought hoped he would be when he signed him to that big contract. Mac is getting schemed up in interesting ways, which is allowing him to get pressure on the quarterback and he's come home for a number of sacks. So that is great news. Mario Edwards has been good. Travis Gibson has been coming along. He's been playing well. This is the strength of the team. If they're going to have success this year, it's going to come from the front seven because that, that back four, that secondary, you know, even though Duke Shelley made a nice play on the ball, um, you know, you know, you still have a lot of holes in that secondary. So the strength of this team is going to come from the front seven. And it'll be interesting to see if they can keep this going. They have a few guys that they're going to have some real issues with getting to in terms of like trying to rack up sacks uh, on the schedule. But there, there's some teams on, on the schedule that play some statues and have some battle lines. I mean, they get to play the lines again, um, you know, but they get to play the zombified uh, form of Ben Roethlisberger at some point. I mean, like there's, there's some games here that they could rack up some sacks. So this, this team could do some interesting things. I had a feeling you're going to go with some with the sack. So, so my, my number of the week, I'm going to go 16. And, and Always that, one that better is, than me last week and, had two and I had one. Like, <laughs> what is this one up and ship from you? And, and, and the reason I'm going 16 is the same thing. I'm going to go with sacks. I have a feeling that at some point they're going to give Travis Gibson uh, a second sack because he did have a strip at some point in the game. And usually when you strip the quarterback behind the line of scrimmage, they give you a sack for that. So that should be a second sack for him. So I think they're going to be a 16th sack for the Bears. And then if that's the case, like you said, that still leads the league by far. And I expect that tonight's a Monday night game, it's the Chargers has five, Raiders have seven. Yeah, so no one's going to catch. Yeah, they're not going to catch them at that point. But I, I would like to see the Bears' pressures up a little bit. According to Pro Football Reference, right now they're only 21st in pressures. That's uh, counting sacks, hurries, and quarterback knockdowns. So they're, they're, they're getting home. You know, But you still want to see the pressures, the hits. You want to see all that stuff increase just because you want those quarterbacks to have the, 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 the fear of death in them. That's interesting. I didn't think that was behind the line of scrimmage when he stripped him. I thought it, I thought he crossed the line of scrimmage, but I didn't I didn't look for that. So it, it, it bounced right back to him and then he ran, I think, for four or five yards. Okay. So I'll have to go back and double check the stats, but it, it you know, if not, yeah. then hey, we'll just uh we'll have our producer take this part right out of there. <laughs> hey man, this is it's live. In there now. this is yeah, already out there for, <laughs> for, for our viewing audience on YouTube. Yeah. For those of you that want to join us live on Mondays, we're gonna try to do this every Monday night. So uh, head on over to the YouTube uh, channel to do that. So, um, was so that was that's what you had for the stat of the week. Was we we both yeah, went with I, the same same I, idea? I had the same fifteen, but I had a little note in case you do the same thing as me to uh, to to give one more and talk to about one up me. I understand almost, that makes you sense. Know, it's, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave it there. We're going to take a quick break, and again, on the other side of this break, we will come back and we will do the three bears. So stick with us. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Lester, we're back. So the three bears, hot, cold, just right. Let's start with the hot bowl of porridge. Who did you have in this game that you want to award the hot bowl of porridge to? You know, we've talked about him a little bit here. And that's, I'm going to go Travis Gibson. Uh, okay. You mentioned his, his his pass rushing snaps. He had 24 total snaps on defense, which is just uh, 34% of the time. Uh, he also played five snaps on special teams. And, and while he was in there, he had three tackles, a sack, uh, two tackles for loss as well. He had a quarterback hit. Uh, he did have a, a, a pass defense as well, a, a nice bedded uh, ball there. And he also had to force fumble. And then, of course, like I said, he had five snaps on special teams. He had, he had a tackle assist on special teams as well. So Travis Gibson is really starting to cement himself as the key part of that rotation. So uh, Tra- Travis Gibson this week is the uh, the hot for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love his development. I uh, wanted to talk about the Bears offensive line in this segment and also what they did for the run game. So you talked about the pass game and how they kept fields upright. And, you know, he, he only had, I think, one sack and then he spun out of that other one, which was a really cool moment. That was like one of those yeah. cool, uh, you know, sounds of the stadium because it was like, oh, no. Oh, my God. And then he rolls out and like you're just this like suspense anticipation. And he throws it to commit and commit. I don't know, falls down, flops, and thinks that he <laughs> I, that was the that was weird. But and then everybody yeah. wanted to flag and then everybody watched the replay and was like, oh, Nah, no, no flag. flag. No. Uh, but I, I, I wanted to point out that Montgomery, I know he's hurt. We don't know the extent of the injury. Hopefully he's not out for long, but he went over 100 yards again. That's the second time this this year. Gives him seven for his career. So he's now sole possession of 10th place in terms of number of 100-yard running games in this storied history of running backs. And so that was cool to see him continue to add to that total. Hopefully he can get back because he looked great. And when these guys mm-hmm. are blocking well, you have a guy that's going to break a tackle every time that he touches the ball. He just does not go down on first contact. So fun to watch live. Like that's a guy that was a lot of fun. Uh, my best friend was sitting next to me uh, at the game and he uh, kind of said something under his breath about why are they running the wildcat? This is so dumb. And Montgomery kept it. And it was like the best run of the game. And I was like, what were you saying about? Wildcat? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they're just trying to find ways to get him on the edge against smaller guys because they just can't bring him down. And that was a really good play call in that particular situation and, and, and getting him out on the edge. And I, he's just really fun to watch. I, and it, in this franchise full of 
a lot of fun running backs over the years. It's nice to see that maybe Montgomery's another guy that can add his name to that list. You know, he played quarterback in high school. He had he does do that the the wildcat stuff quite a bit for the Bears. So it's fun to see. I like to see him throw the ball once in a while, just kind of keep keep defenses honest. You know, that's the, the next the next elevation of, of his package there. So, you know, it's cool. And and you know, he's a guy that maybe, you know, if he's healthy, obviously he may be one of these guys that you may think about re-signing at that tailback spot. I know a lot of guys are really anti-paying the running back. But I just think he's such a good fit for what the offense wants to do. And if it is going to be, you know, Matt Nagy still here, I think that's uh, the guy you have to think about, you know, giving him the uh, the extension at some point. Seems like he'd fit in a lot of offenses. So I, I think, yes, yes, for sure. Even under Brian Dayball's offense, I think uh, he'll, he'll, he'll ah, do just fine. Oh, there it is. Uh, Gotta just start putting that out there. <laughs> Been putting it out there since last November, but, you know, we'll just we'll, get it in the universe, see what happens. We will keep doing that. So, what about on the flip side of that, the cold bowl of porridge for you? Who is the guy that you're kind of calling out as, yeah, you got to step it up here? You alluded to him a few moments ago, and that's Cole Komet. You know, I, I had high hopes for this guy coming into the season. Uh, but he just has not been the guy. I think I actually gave him my just right uh, week one. But, you know, he since then, he's just not done much. He had three targets. He had the one catch for six yards. I, I do think part of it may be play calling. He's just not being used the, the right way. He seems more like a classic uh, inline Y. I think you need to use him more in play actions, uh, uh, catch him uh, leaking out at, you know, at, at, you know, at the fake. Uh, some post-ups against some small guys because he's like 6'5", 270. Uh, have him run against some zone coverage, just kind of just sit, you know, there in between. But he's just not being used uh, the way you like to see him be used. But I did notice when I was watching the game again, a lot of those outside or a lot of those zone runs, Cole Komet was coming underneath the formation back to pick up the block. And that's usually a precursor to those bootlegs coming out, and then he comes underneath and leaks out that. So maybe we'll see him getting a little more catches that way because when he does have the ball in his hands, he's not the fastest, but he's a powerful runner. So maybe we could see him get a few catches as coming up uh, as the season wears on because, I mean, the Bears, you know, drafted him. He played all but one snap. They believe in him. He's their why. So they got to get him involved at some point. Yeah, he needs to improve on a lot of pieces of his game. Tight ends generally come along a little slower. That's why I didn't really want to freak out last year as a rookie. I never want to evaluate rookie tight ends too harshly. But he has not had a very good first four games to his 2021. And I think you're right. They might be hoping he's something he's not. I think they probably were hoping that they got another Travis Kelsey or a Travis Kelsey to try to fill yeah. in a role that Nagy you know, coached under. In Kansas City, but he's no one's really Travis Kelsey unless you're Darren Waller or something. But like it just doesn't happen. But he's definitely not George Kittle either, right? Like he's not much of a blocker. He needs to improve on that. He needs to get yep. functionally functional strength there to try to figure some of that stuff out. But my guy is uh Simba Webster. Um you got one job, man. You got one job. Your name sounds like the Lion King. Like, here was your chance to try to make a play against the Lions and, like, you know, start a legend. And you let the ball drop multiple times and it rolls, you know, to the Lions' advantage. I I think he has to be more aggressive uh, in making fair catches because he lost, you know, 15, 20 yards of field position on a couple of punts. Um, I don't know what he was thinking on the one where the guy made contact with him. Like, was he faking the catch was he I, I i honestly don't know it, did, it was right in front of me and i i, I and i rewatched it like three times i still don't know what he was trying to do but he was nowhere he was five six yards away from the ball 
So is he, is he not seeing it? It was a cloudy day. It's not like the sun was in his eyes. So I just don't know what he's doing, but that's literally the only reason why he's on this roster. And if you're going to do that, we cut, you know, the Bears cut a guy last year, Ginn, right? Like they, they cut him for, I was getting Ted Ginn running away. Watching. Yeah. Running away from the football. And that's basically what he did. And it, and honestly, he wasn't aggressive enough in calling his guys off of it. They could have bounced on the back of his leg and been a turnover. I, I I'm, this wasn't good uh, for, for Simba. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see if the Bears work out a few guys, you know, maybe let, uh, you know, they have some other guys they have, you know, maybe, maybe Herbert gets a chance back there. Maybe Mooney, I know Mooney's done some stuff uh, with them, you know, during preseason, uh, during training camp. So I'd rather not see a guy like Mooney out there yeah, doing that. Mooney but, that. you know, if if, if you got it, you got to have a guy, that's, like I said, just catch it, just fair right. catch it. You know, don't lose the yardage because, you know, th- those field position things, those really matter. And, you know, it could really come back and, and re- uh, really bite you at some point if you're against a, a much better offense, a much better defense, and and it didn't hurt them too much this week, but those things can get you. What about just right? Who's the guy you want to call out that just met the expectations that you had for him coming into this game? You know, I, I thought he had a pretty good game, but but I anticipated him having a good game, and that's David Montgomery. You know, I, I, like the whole week leading up, but I knew, you know, you've got to run the ball. you got to give this kid a bunch of carries, and he had 23 carries, 106 yards. We talked about it earlier. He had uh, two touchdowns, and this is David Montgomery that, that Bears fans want to see. Uh, the Bears did some some uh, stuff with, with uh, the I formation that really excites a lot of Bears fans. And so so we saw that we saw him used in different ways. Uh, we saw him on I think on uh, the, the Bears ran some pistol stuff a little bit. So you know having a chance to see him touch the ball when the game matters, I think is good for the offense overall. It helps play action. You know, it's like I said, the play action is not needed to have the running game. But it doesn't hurt it if the runs you're actually going to do it. You're going to commit to it. You're showing it. You know you have a guy like that with you know over over 20 carries before he got hurt. You know he could have finished this game probably close to 30 carries because he got hurt there, and the Bears were trying to you know really uh, 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 just take the game away in the fourth quarter. So David Montgomery this week. I'll, that's when I'm, when he comes back healthy, I want to see him getting 20 carries a game. I think he deserves it. I think he's that kind of talent. I think it's uh, good for the Bears offense. Yeah, I had actually a very similar answer, but I wanted to call out the backup running back. That's Damian Williams. He had eight carries for 55 yards. He caught another two balls out of the backfield for 15 more yards. So 70 total yards, and he scored a touchdown. He looked like a great compliment to Montgomery. And this is a guy that I think that you can have confidence in to take over a larger share if Montgomery has to miss some time. This is not a guy that you know, you worry about giving 15 touches. He he looked explosive. He looked sharp. He looked like he knew his assignments and, and what he was doing. And so I think you, you feel comfortable being able to give a guy like that 15 touches. And maybe you work in a guy like Khalil Herbert for a few more and see what he can do in as a backup if Montgomery misses time. So I, I was really impressed with Williams. He looked good. I know that uh, your buddy, uh, 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 Papa Scarbs, uh, it likes likes Williams, so he was talking guy, my ear yeah. off about Williams at camp, yeah. and and so um, I thought he looked really good in this game, and so shout out to Damian Williams. Yeah, he's a nice fit for the offense. He did leave the game with a quad injury. Uh, he didn't return to the game, uh, but then the, the, today it came out it hasn't been officially reported because, of course, the Bears, you know, they're going to wait till Wednesday to tell us about the injuries. You know, I think it was Schefter or, or Rappaport. One of those guys said that it was a uh, a thigh bruise, and he'll be fine. So. If Montgomery's out, which it looks like he will be out for a few weeks, it's going to be Damian, uh, uh, Damian Williams uh, at that at the, at the, uh, starting tailback spot. And then, like I said, Herbert, number two. And then at some point, they will get three coming back after week seven, probably. 
So you fantasy players, uh, not a bad idea to try to pick up Damian Williams if you need running back help, because I think he's probably he's earned the right to get a high usage uh, rate going forward in Montgomery's absence. So those big 20 team leagues better get him like we have in our. Oh, well, he's probably league. rostered in a 20 team league. Yeah, what probably, that craziness probably. that you and Robert play in. I don't understand how to even give advice to something like that. That's just yeah. nuts. But yeah, they're rostering offensive linemen i think but um yeah all right well that's i mean it was a good win any final thoughts about you know what you saw on tape or what you want to see going forward you know just the defense the defense started to play really nice i think duke shelley had a few nice moments you know i'm still not there to where i'm thinking yeah this is the nickel for for sure i still think they have to he has to prove that he that he has that job but i think overall the secondary was decent i'm okay with Deion bush i know they had that that really rough gaff there. Um, I'm still, you know, curious to see what the Bears, if they actually explain what happened on, on the touchdown pass, but it looked like he should have carried the guy back. I've seen some other guys on Twitter say that it was a different type of coverage. It wasn't his responsibility. So I'm curious if the Bears address that, but but between Deion Bush or Tayshawn Gibson, I'm okay if the Bears just let Deion Bush take it the rest of the year because, you know, he's, you know, he's, the, the drop-off's not as much as you would think it is. So let's see what Bush can do if he's given some extended time. What is your thought on the Ogletree hip toss? Do you feel like that was a good technique? That was nice. That was okay. good technique. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big fan of wrestling. You know, he had good technique. It looked a little a, a little cleaner than the one that, that Mac had last year. Um, but of course, Mac is doing his against the guy that was a monster. And yeah. with Ogletree, the guy wasn't quite as big. So it was. I nice. mean, the degree of difficulty on the yeah. Mac one was he got a sack with like one hand, and then yeah. he hip tossed the guy that's 350 pounds. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Mac. I'm sorry. Like, give it I to mean, Mac. Yeah, the yoga tree was great, but you know, the, I'm gonna give the degree of difficulty over to Mac there. <laughs> but um, I had a really great time at, at the game. I, you know, it's I've I've been to a few stadiums. Um, they all have their individual charms. Uh, obviously, you're amongst friends if you go to Soldier Field, and so that's a little better than going to enemy territory um, just off the bat. But um, it's really cool if they do end up m- building a new stadium and moving out. I'm sure a lot of people are going to try to make that pilgrimage to Soldier Field before they shut it down, or not going to shut down Soldier Field, but before they stop playing there. And and I would encourage it. I think it, it was a lot of fun. Um, got great conversations with people. Uh, you know, I had a couple sitting in front of us that, you know, they were going, they, they go to a game a year, younger couple, and, you know, she didn't necessarily care about football, but she really enjoyed the interaction. And um, it was just, it was just a good feeling. I just, I just had a really good time. It was amongst your people and, um, you know, can't wait to do it again. Uh, some, you know, probably next year and, and, and probably stay in that same hotel because, uh, you know, yeah. it was pretty cool. So um, yeah, it, a lot of fun. And um, I don't know this, the, trying to just play catch up the rest of this week. Uh, you know, make sure you're checking out the website. Make sure you're checking out everything on YouTube. Subscribe to help us out. That would be great. Uh, we're, we're just trying to build this channel up, you know, just now for the last couple of weeks. And so uh, that helps us out a lot. Uh, we'll post all of these on the YouTube for you to watch them, like the podcast, uh, and you know, leave us a comment on the Windy City Gridiron podcast channel. And Give us a rating, too. You know, those, those ratings really help the... Uh... The, the analytic, whatever you call there, the, the reach of the actual podcast. Make sure you give us a rating on there. Good or bad, give, you know, whatever you guys yeah, think. Yeah, give us feedback. I mean, if it's like a one star, just maybe don't do that. But, you know, <laughs> give us some feedback and let us know what you think. Um, obviously, let us know what you think on the YouTube channel as well in the comments. Um, you know, we would love to hear if you like the categories, if you want to hear more or less of, of certain things from us. So uh, really appreciate it. Anything else before we close? 
get the hell out of here. It's time All for right, Monday man. Night Football. <laughs> yeah, let's go watch the Monday Night Football. Thanks, for uh, everybody, for listening, and bear down. Hey.